Hey everyone, I hope you had a great day. Today we are looking at some new pro revenge stories. I hope you enjoy them. Please don't forget to hit the like button. It really helps the channel. The first story is called Why Should He Pay? Jack and Jill had been going out for nearly 5 years by the point of the story. A year prior, Jill lost her job due to the company she worked for being liquidated. Money got tight for Jill, so Jack offered to help by covering her car payments. This way she could put the money she got to rent and utilities until she got a new job and was financially stable. Jack had a fairly decent job, so it wasn't a strain on his income. A year goes by and Jill is still unemployed, but not through rejections. She got lazy and just spent all day doing nothing around her house whilst Jack was at work. One day Jack gets off work early and decides to surprise Jill on the way back home. But as he is approaching her house, he sees another car in her driveway. He parks on the street and sneaks up to the house and looks through the window to see Jill with another man. Jack was infuriated, but he didn't burst in there. He walked away, got into his car and drove off. When Jack got home, he did a little digging and found out who the guy was through Facebook. He found out that she had been having an affair for half a year with this guy. He was now angry and wanted revenge, and he knew the best way to do it. Jill loved her car, even though she barely used it. So what Jack did was to stop all the payments that were going out of his bank account and put them onto her account. As the car was in her name, it was easy to do. As the payments had only just gone out, he had to wait for the end of the month for his revenge to unfold. The end of the month comes and Jill's bank card is declined at the shops. She calls the bank up to find out what is going on and they tell her she has gone overdrawn because of the car payments going out of her account. Jill phones Jack and asks why the payment is coming out of her account and not his. Jack coldly replied, cause I know you cheated on me and I'm not gonna pay for my ex-girlfriend's car and hung up. She tried to get Jack to pay for the car, even got lawsuits involved. But as she was the sole owner of the car, it was declared that he had no legal responsibilities to pay for her car. As she couldn't afford her road tax or insurance, she couldn't drive the car. And eventually she got so far behind in the payments that the car was repossessed. To pay the debt, she had to get a minimum wage job and now takes the bus to and from work. The next story is called Challenge Accepted. So way back in the day, mid-90s or so, my family lived in a log cabin on 10 acres of land in a rural area 10 minutes or so out of town. It wasn't totally the sticks, but you could definitely hear banjo music in the background sometimes. At the end of our nearly quarter mile long driveway was one of those roads that was also technically a state highway. In the morning I would trudge down to wait for the bus, when I got home I'd grab the mail and carry it back. Until one Monday morning when I went out and noticed the mailbox was gone. On closer inspection it looked like it had just been ripped out of the ground. Dad was obviously not pleased. He went to talk with the county sheriff who happened to live a mile down the road. Turns out it had been happening up and down the road for months. Someone was tossing a chain over mailboxes and janking them out with their vehicle. He suspected a guy down the road with his great big lifted truck, but couldn't prove anything. It usually happened on weekend nights, with people finding out in the morning. It also seems the nicer the mailbox the bigger a target, and many had been hit multiple times. 
people had tried digging deeper, using more durable wood and so on. The guy just took it as a challenge and ripped them out again. Well that said, challenge accepted. A bit about my father. He's a steelworker with an engineering background and graduate degree. Built like a bear with forearms the size of my freaking legs. Most people looking at him would never think this monster of a man is also brilliant, but he is. The calm, cool type that almost never loses his temper. But wrong him and god help you. So dad goes to Lowe's and buys the fanciest, prettiest mailbox they sell. He then proceeds to install it on top of an 8 feet long cylinder of 3 inch diameter hardened tool steel. But he wasn't done there. After digging down and dropping it in, he then filled it in with quickset concrete. To really sell it, he then used some strips of half inch wood to cover the steel core of his now indestructible mailbox of doom. He primed and painted them so it looked like a standard 4 inch post. And he even had my mom decorate it with flowers and such. He wanted it to be as tempting of a target as possible. It didn't even take a week. I went out for school in the morning and found the mailbox right where it should be. Attached to it was 30 feet of chain and an entire hitch assembly ripped right off the truck's frame, sheared the boards. It was marvelous to behold. The sheriff gets called over and dies laughing when he sees it. He went to the house of the guy that was suspected and sure enough verified the damage to his truck matched. Fun fact, messing with a mailbox is a federal crime. Dad was unofficially rewarded by the sheriff's department with a few cases of beer and some venison. And after that every deputy in town would flash him a thumbs up whenever they saw him. The last story is called You Made a Decision. I first got to college my freshman year and met the dorm leader. Like most colleges, the dorm leader was the upperclassman that lived in the dorms and monitored the freshman halls. My dorm leader's name was Julio and at first he seemed like a nice dude that minded his own business. He talked about how he would stay out of everyone's business if we would stay out of his. Also, he tried to be the cool dorm leader and always mentioned to me about how he drank his freshman year in the dorms. He gave off the impression that he really didn't care if we ever drunk in our dorm rooms, but to just keep it on the low end if we did. I really didn't drink much at all, but I appreciated the fact he seemed pretty normal and didn't try to rat on kids. During the last week of October of my freshman year of college, I had one of the hardest weeks in my academic career. I was a biochemistry major taking some pretty tough classes and had three exams that week. At the end of the week a friend I had recently met down the hall invited me to his dorm room to watch an upcoming NBA game. As we were watching the game he had a bottle of vodka and gave some to the guys in the dorm. Being a naive and stupid freshman just trying to make some friends I took one shot of vodka and continued to watch the game. As we are watching the game, one of the guys in the dorm spills a bottle of soda and rushes to the bathroom to grab some paper towels. As he walks out of the dorm room, Julio walked by and noticed the bottle. He laughed and said something of the sorts of, I remember when I was a freshman, haha, <laughs> just try and keep it down. We thanked him and told him to have a good night, it seemed like a normal conversation and nothing out of the ordinary. 30 minutes later we hear a knock on the door and two policemen showed up with breathalyzers. They told us they had received a complaint from Julio about underage drinking and a party being thrown in the dorm room. 
Remember, it was three guys watching a Lakers game on a Thursday night at 8pm. I ended up getting a minor in consumption charge, I had to do 20 hours of community service and a reflection journal. And I had to appear to the Judicial Affairs Center at my college about my supposed drinking problem. I'm not blaming the officer for giving me a ticket. But I was pretty upset that Julio, who always talked about getting drunk freshman year in the dorm, called the police right after he essentially gave us the okay for the night. A few weeks later, I see Julio and straight up ask him why he decided to rent me out. Specifically, I ask why he didn't just tell me to head back to my dorm if he had a problem with it instead of calling the police right after our conversation. He responds word for word with, you made a decision and had to suffer the consequences of that decision. After that incident, I never really talked to him, but he always tried to be buddy-buddy when he saw me in the hallway. Anyway, I eventually leave the dorms and move off campus for my sophomore year. I had decided to wash a fraternity my freshman year and ended up meeting some really nice guys. I have never been the fraternity type, but I went to a smaller college where fraternities are a lot different than most places. During the second semester of my sophomore year, my fraternity was taking a new pledge class. One day, I received a text from Julio saying, one of the guys pledging your fraternity has been caught dealing alcohol to another freshman in the dorms. I thought I would let you know. Turns out Julio was the dorm leader for a freshman pledging my fraternity and ratted him out to judicial affairs as well. Thinking the term dealing alcohol was the lamest thing I have ever heard, I sent that to our fraternity group me and everyone laughed about it. About a week later, that kid pledging our fraternity came up to me asking about the message I received from Julio. Essentially, a pretty similar thing happened to him like what happened to me. Julio found out he had given another kid in the dorm a bottle of wine and reported it to the police. This kid ended up getting a minor in possession and had to speak with judicial affairs. And this is where the story gets hilarious. In his meeting with the judicial affairs, the kid pledging our fraternity told the judicial affairs guy that his dorm leader had texted me about the charges pending against him. Apparently it's a huge violation to discuss pending charges against a freshman in your dorm to a third party. The judicial affairs guy told him that if he could prove Julio was discussing this charge with a third party, aka me, he would receive severe sanctions. Basically, if I sent that text to the judicial affairs people, Julio would be in a lot of trouble. So I sent the text that night to the judicial affairs people. After that, I didn't hear anything about what happened to Julio and had honestly forgotten about it. However, nearing the end of the school year, in my sophomore year, I saw Julio at the dining hall and he came up to speak to me. He tells me a story about how he knows I was the one that ratted him out to the judicial affairs. How he ended up getting fired from his dorm leader position, lost the scholarship money his dorm leader job provided him, and overall how bad his life has been since he got fired. After going through his entire sob story, he asked me, why did you do that? This could have been handled completely different. I didn't have to get fired and I could have kept my scholarship money. I look him dead in the eye for what seemed like 30 seconds and say, Julio, you made a decision and had to suffer the consequences of that decision. Thanks for watching the video. If you had fun watching the video, please subscribe to the channel for more content.
and please let me know what you think about the video in the comment section below. Have a great day. Bye bye.